You're listening to the Build to Rent Podcast. Build to Rent Podcast. Welcome to the Build to Rent Show. Steve Olson here, along with Chase Levitt. Sherida Zanger is too cool for us today and too cool for you listeners. So make sure you go to b2rshow.com and send her some um, some scorn that she's too cool. Now she's uh, she'll be back uh, next time we record. We'll look forward to having her back. But Chase, it's 2023. And uh, it seems like the last quarter of 2022, we asked a lot of questions about where things are going and what's happening. And I, I know the the main builder that we use for a lot of our stuff was always like, well, next year we might get some clarity on costs are going to come down or, or what's going to happen. So it's here now. Let's see. It's it's the second week of January, so we don't have the clarity yet. <laughs> I know. I was going to say I'm still kind of having those same thoughts that I was having towards the end of last year. Yeah. Still now on on where things are heading. I don't think there's any clarity or direction or any crystal ball that just came out of nowhere saying, yeah. "Hey, this is what it looks like." So there's still some unknowns out there right now. Yeah. It it's probably anecdotal, but uh, and, and on a very small job. But I think it's telling. So my my wife has decided we have a little kitchenette area in our basement. And when we built the house, we did a, a finished concrete floor for the this area. And she has decided that that needs to be tile now. So uh, we went on to, uh, well, pause. About seven months ago, we had a structure built in our backyard that needed some tile. Seven months ago? Maybe more like... Eight or nine. You're in the summer, yeah. Yeah, something like that in 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 the summer, um, and we had a uh, we put a bid out to get this tile work done, and and basically we were treated like the dregs of the earth. Nobody wanted to talk to us. It was too small of a tile job. We got one guy to show up, and I wouldn't even say that he bid it. He basically said, "I will do this, and I will send you my bill, and you're gonna like it, right?" Because I can do the job. And you guys were okay with that. Yeah, at the time. He actually did an awful job. Yeah, but you wanted that done. Yeah. ASAP. Yep. It was for a bathroom and the floor is sloping. The guy did an awful job. He's the worst. Okay. So we should do a whole show on him and make him him pay. With our millions of listeners. (laughs) Okay. Um, Have him come in as a guest speaker. Uh, yeah, guest speaker. Yeah, no. uh, Gavin will have us. So I'm excited to hear where this gloves. is going because I think I know where it's going. Yeah, I didn't. We I, didn't I wanna, plan this. <laughs> yeah, I want to get your. I want to get this update because I'm yeah. curious. Yeah. So this guy came, and I'm telling you, this was maybe this was a shower and some floor in a bathroom, and um, shoot, I, I mean, we're talking like a hundred square feet of, of work here, and it was twelve thousand bucks, and I, I don't. You might be th- listening to this going, wow, that's really cheap. When I got that, I had I felt violated, right? And I didn't have a choice, yeah. right? We couldn't get anybody to talk to us. So fast forward to yesterday. Uh, the missus gets, goes on thumbtack.com, which I've actually found to be a, a useful service. Thumbtack is not a sponsor of the show. We have no sponsors of the show. Maybe if we do, it'll be Thumbtack. (laughs) I don't know. But Thumbtack is a service where you can go on and say, I've got this job and, and it sends it out to, you know, a whole bunch of contractors. Oh boy. Did they show up? 
four tile contractors contacted us and are happy to do what I think now is maybe a 150 square foot job. They all showed up within a couple of days to give bids. One guy found out, oh, you're getting other bids? Well, when you get them, let me know what the lowest one is and I'll beat it by $100. He doesn't even know what these bids are, Uh, right? So 2023... Uh, at least in uh, in Utah where I live, the tile guys are looking for work. Maybe not all of them. So that but tells me right there things are changing or shifting a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You just, saw those right there. those um, new construction homes slow way down. What, when do you think that slowed down? Late summer? Fall of yeah. 22? Uh-huh. And that, that's a ripple. The first guy to feel that are the uh, excavators than the plumbers, concrete people, and it's working its way into tile now, at least around here. I don't know what it's like in your market, but I thought that was some something interesting that even on a small job, people are showing up and they're competing to bid. So if people aren't uh, buying right now, what are what are they doing? What are what are builders doing? I think that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit, right? Yeah, I think so, or maybe on another episode, but. I, you got to wonder what they're, what they're doing. I mean, I was talking to our mortgage guy, JT, about um, what are all of these real estate agents and lenders? I mean, you think about a transaction in a real estate deal and how many people are involved. I mean, we know transaction volume is, is cratered. What are they doing? What does that mean for the economy? What can they be doing if they're not if they're not buying or purchasing homes, or if that's dropped down because it's it's not as affordable? Rates have gone up. They don't have that monthly payment anymore to make that mortgage or get the home they're looking for. My assumption and is what we've been studying a little bit is they're going to build for rent communities. They're looking to rent. So are we starting to see? I don't know. Are we starting to see vacancy go down, or or is there just more? Built for rent communities being built. Well, you did it. It's your fault. So here's what I think we're going to do. We were going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. We should talk about this. Okay. Okay. Because it, it, the segue is too good, Chase. Okay. Your, your segue was masterful. Unintentional. Yeah. <laughs> just what came to mind. But masterful. So I think let's do that. Um, because the, that that's something that I... I really found myself working through and thinking about middle of last year as those rates just went sky high, right? When you hear mortgage rates are sky high, what's your first inclination being a build for rent guy? What did you think about? No, no right answer. I'm just curious. Where, where rates are sky high. I'm thinking, what does that mean? Yeah. I'm thinking there's going to be some pullback, which we've seen, right? What, I mean, what does that mean? Pullback. From from uh, consumers or bar, or buyers, people wanting to purchase, things go up. People start to sit on the sidelines a little bit. Say, wait a minute, let me let me see what's going to go. Let me see what's happening here. Because when rates go up, what does that change? Well, that that's that's going to change from an investor standpoint. That's going to change someone's cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. The cap rate will stay the same, but the cash flow and what they're expecting is going to vary or change if someone goes to get, <coughs> get a loan, long-term loan on that investment property and the rate's higher. So cash flow is going to change. If someone's looking to purchase the monthly mortgage payment they're, they're planning on, let's say it was 2000 
And if it's gone up one or two points, I don't know if I'm right here, but it, that, that 2000 that, is 28 or yeah. yeah or yeah. 3000. Yeah. Right. So that's gone up and, and the person that was excited about that home had the money for the $2,000, $2,000 a month payment. They can't make the 3000. They weren't planning on that. And so they have to yeah. pull back or they have to get a home that's cheaper or less. But have we seen homes and prices drop enough to allow that buyer yeah. to purchase that same home? with keeping that same monthly. I think that gets into a lot of the what's 2023 going to bring, right? If you're an investor, you you want either a lower price or a better interest rate. Um, At least that's the the feedback we've been getting. You know, Mm -hmm. we shared it on one of the recent episodes. I think those two are going to have to come together. I've started to see some movement there. Yeah. A little bit of transaction volume happening. And... You know, we talked to JT, who I mentioned, the rates, you know, you can buy down on a, for a, a fourplex rate and we still need to have Paul on about commercial rates as guests. But I think what can, you can buy down and, and knows just under seven right now. Is that mm-hmm. right? I mean, weren't we parallel, perilously close to double digit rates I there? Think, I think for a 30 year fix on the investor side, you're about a 7% interest rate. Yeah. And so I'm sure you could buy it down below seven, maybe it's six and a half. I don't know right. how low you can go there, but, but yeah, below seven. A lot of the stuff you and I do together looks better um, at that six and a half range. It's not awesome if you're a cash flow investor, which why wouldn't you be? But it, it it's different. So if you see some pullback on price, which the tile analogy makes us think that we would, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So, okay, you said something, and I'm going to sound like I'm disagreeing with what you said. I don't. But so the, the logic here is, okay, the, the rates go up, and it pushes people out of buying homes. They're competing for less rental inventory. So... You should be good to go if you're an owner because your rents are going to go up. I mean, that's the conclusion that most people have drawn. But I think the funny thing that we saw in the back half of 2022, that didn't happen. I mean, didn't we see actually a softening in rents in the projects we're involved in? Yeah. Just because I think there's so much building going on. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is still happening or maybe finishing up. And some of the projects that were started, maybe... 2021 in the first part of 2022 and we're starting to see as, as what we've read there's there's just more i think these communities are built for rent because there's not as many buyers out there so we're starting to see a little bit of a pickup there i need to dive into it a little bit more and see what areas those are because yeah. as i've read some of these articles i, I want to get more specific on that on where these build for rent communities are are being uh, put into place I think probably all over, but I want to see, okay, is the Phoenix ramping up there? We know there's like Christopher Todd communities that are yeah. built for rent. That's, that's really. I like their communities. I mean, not, I don't yeah. live there, but. Uh, that's what really comes to mind when you think yeah. of single family build for rent. So I, I think it is ultimately true with the rates. If, if they stay stubbornly high and there's always that guy that says, well, they're historically low, but you know, I, the, how low they went with how quickly they increased still has the market in a bit of a shock. Yeah. And, and you said the rents probably softened a little bit because of uh, new supply. And I think that's, 
That's true in the markets that we operate in. There's that COVID flurry of supply where rewind all the way back to spring of 2020. The world was ending. What are we going to do? It was pretty clear by June of 2020, oh, it wasn't ending. And in fact, we've got to build a lot of real estate. We got to build a lot of rentals. And so where we operate, Salt Lake, Boise, Phoenix are our main markets. Those are markets that really rode that COVID wave really well. Everybody, all the builders were ramping up. Yes. And so that all that inventory that everybody planned, you know, in the build for rent space, we got to remember this stuff, stuff doesn't hit the market right away. Well, it's hitting now. Yeah. And it hit at the same time that these interest rates were high and that other inflationary things like gas and food and costs were high. And so I've seen it just kind of spook the consumer and the renter. There's like, I'm not doing anything. This is crazy. So how long do they stay spooked for? Because eventually I think that that, that uh, I don't know, it's not a law, but that trend of, well, people have to form households. They have to move on with their life. They have to accept what the new reality is at some point. I'm not saying we have the data to do that yet or that people are, are doing that yet. It might be in February. It might not even be in 2023. But those people eventually do hit the rental market. Interesting if you want some uh, my hyper-focused uh, analogies, but <coughs> this email that I printed out. So Chase and I are uh, co-general partners on a 48-unit apartment complex in Boise. I told that to a guy the other day, and he kind of laughed at me, by the way. I was like, we'll see. Yeah, because Boise's got a bad rap lately. In the, in the headlines. So as I vetted that project out and did the underwriting on it, I talked to a property manager who we've considered using and uh, he, he checked in with me. Uh, when was this you and I talked Monday, I think. Yeah. yeah he checked in with me. How's it going, Steve? And I said, well, we closed on our construction financing and we're pushing dirt around and we're getting ready to come up out of the ground, yada, yada. But I was curious because when he and I spoke, I think in September, um, he indicated to me that, yes, the rental market in Boise had softened. Um, that, for example, these are the exact numbers that he used. And uh, I think it was $1,900 a month in rent because you had meteoric increases in, in rent in Boise. Now you're going to have to take $1,850 or $1,700. You're going to have to maybe do a free month. You really had to tease that out. But I said, well, Jim is his name. Does it work? Do the tenants materialize? And he said, yes. So I thought, okay, rents have softened, but you can still rent. You're not getting completely slaughtered. Although that's not a fun decrease from 19 to 1750. Um, so I asked him just the other day, uh, what's going on? Is the market still soft? Uh, verbatim, he said, that's the million dollar question. At this point, I would say the rental market has leveled off. We were seeing a softening, but a lot of that was due to the slower winter holiday season. We've seen an increase in activity this week. If I had to make a prediction, we'd guess that the market would stay level for the next few months and then see minor increases during the peak season. It's very tough to predict, especially with a potential recession on the horizon. I hope this helps. It's funny with a recession on the horizon, though. I think that you could see rents start to go up again. Yeah. Let's, we've talked about this before, though. I think it's important to understand what market you're in and what the peak season is. Yeah. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Utah and Idaho are similar. Peak season. 
from my understanding, <clears throat> spring, summer, and fall. So really, Arizona is the opposite. Arizona is the opposite. Yeah, it kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop. I didn't realize that because I was just so used to spring, summer, fall, April through September. That's when people want to move around. Yeah, Arizona is different. Why? Because it's so dang hot in the summer. So late fall, winter is where we start to see renters or tenants start yeah. to move around. So understand that. I think it's important. It's so hot in the summer. Remember that site visit um, <laughs> that we did? Chase rented a stupid Tesla. Not all Teslas are stupid, but this one was. And and the, the AC was bad and we couldn't figure out how to work it. We're doing a site visit. And that was miserable. Yeah. I, th- I think we had the AC on cranked up so high. And once we figured it out, that it just drained the battery. Yeah, we, I felt like <laughs> I don't know. the whole the battery, site visit was at the supercharger yeah, station. Yeah, we were charging it quite a bit. So we <laughs> found a sweet Tesla. We thought it was sweet, but we were just charging it a lot. All the time. Yeah. And, and you know, getting out, just that punishing sun that immediately hits you. You're walking into these half-framed buildings, getting video, checking stuff out. It, it was miserable. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to be carrying a couch out of my apartment in August no. <laughs> to move somewhere else. Uh-uh. I'm hungering down. It's really hot. So it's like how much of this rental softening was COVID supply, household formation versus seasonality? Um, I don't know that it was all the, the first ones. I think there was some seasonality to it. So we're going to have to watch how that happens. And so much of it is project specific. Yeah. And I think where we saw the trend where there's a lot of building happening, whether they're, let's say it's the for rent or if it wasn't for rent and it turned into for rent where, where people couldn't sell them and maybe builders are doing these build for rent communities. We saw a little bit of a softening, but is it safe to say where buyers have pulled back a little bit? That's what we've been talking That's about. That's very safe and to say. And what are they going to? They're going to rent, right? Yeah. They're either going back to mom and dad's home basement, maybe. Uh, conforming or they're going to rent. And so I think is what we should be thinking about is when thing, when rates come down and people are starting to buy again and they're not wanting to rent anymore, are we going to see vacancy go up? And so we probably need to be smart or pay attention to what assets you're wanting to purchase and what's appealing. Because I think that vacancy probably will pop up a little bit once buying happens again. If there's an overbuilt of build for rent or what that looks like. And so I think, I don't know if we're going to talk about this in this episode or the next one, kind of jumping around a little bit, but pay attention to what you're investing in or if you're building what you're building. If it's a rental, is it single family? Is it apartment condo? Is it townhome? And what does that community have within that community? And then also what does that city have? And what are renters looking for? So you don't want to get into something where it's, oh, this is sweet, it's leased up for 6 to 12 months, mm-hmm. rates drop, and then your vacancy pops up because you can't, you can't get it filled up. You got, it, you got a competitor that has something a little bit better. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's where my mind goes Okay, in the next 6 to 12 months. So, okay, I'm glad you said that because you were saying they're going to live with mom and dad. They're doing these things. I think that's what we're seeing right now. It's starting to happen. There's probably more renters because there's not as many buyers. They were stuck in place, though, for five or six months. Uh They were doubling up. Nobody was moving. But it's almost like what we talked about at the beginning of the show. You click over into 2023 and, and there's been a little bit of this mentality of, okay, let's get on with it already. 
we, we weren't moving or we weren't going to lower our construction bids. Well, okay, we, we just have to start accepting this inflationary environment a little bit more now. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see. Yeah. It's fun to work through that. Um, for those of you Boise geeks out there, this this property manager, just one last item, I said, I said, hey, thanks for the feedback. Are you seeing a lot of people moving to the Boise area still, or has that slowed way down or, or just some? He says people moving to the Boise era, area has slowed down a bit, not a ton. Some, a small amount of people, are starting to leave due to costs getting so high. So that's what that's um that's one guy's opinion, but I, I think that stuff is valuable. I mean, we wait for these big economic reports and and things, but man, real life info from a guy on the ground is is valuable. I, I like to hear that stuff. So it's huge when doing your homework and looking to invest somewhere is you got to get a pulse for someone that knows that market that's has boots on the ground. Totally. Yeah. Good point. Totally. Um, just a few highlights, right? Um, where did we get this article? <laughs> I had it on there. You Do you have it on your laptop? I went old school and killed a tree. and So seven rental market. Yeah. Who's to watch for in 2023? Who's the we, author or the website again? It so was, we have rentalhousingjournal.com. Rentalhousingjournal.com. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. They gave us seven trends to look for in 2023. Um, so you can Google that and Rental Housing Journal and you'll see what we're looking at. But uh, number one, more investment-minded owners in the rental real estate market. So when you have um, investment property owners, you do have a large section of those that many times are what we call the accidental land landlord, right? Couldn't sell. I think we could still see some of that. Um you know, you, you tell somebody, hey, your Rambler that was a 2,200 square feet was worth $900,000 at the beginning of 2022, and now it's six fifty. <laughs> that person might say, well, fine, I'm going to rent it. Yeah. So they predict that we're going to see more of, those, more of the intentional investors, people coming in and investing. And you and I have still continued to see that. Um, we've, we've had uh, – uh, our our pre-construction fourplex inventory continues to move. People are interested in that stuff. Yeah, it's just the the cap rates and the cash flow. Uh, mixed use properties are back. That's interesting. When I read that, because we've yeah. had a couple communities with mixed use. Which yeah, it's that usually when we have that, the the retail below and then um, rental on top, right? That tends to not go very fast. Years yeah. past. Yeah. So. That's interesting. It does stabilize nicely. I look at the ones that we did a couple years ago. Yeah. And those are full of retail tenants. Those are cool communities. Yeah. Maybe it's just our type of investor and me personally, where if I have a fourplex where I can rent out yeah. a townhome or apartment just to renters, maybe it's just more of comfort and I don't know the retail as much or the commercial space as much. And I think our, our investor, me personally, in our communities tend to get a little shy with that mixed use. But you're right. They've they've been fine. We've had one in American Fork, and then we had another one up in in Idaho, in Idaho yeah. Meridian. And it's just the unknown. You just got to understand what your competition is and yeah. who your tenant's going to be for that commercial space or that retail. And they've worked out just fine. And so that's interesting to see that this yeah. these properties are back because ours ours never left um, that little retail store. But yeah, if I learned anything about. That is that I don't know anything about commercial leasing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd have investors ask me, well, what is that mixed use space going to look for? I, I don't know. We had to make some good relationships with a 
commercial brokers on that stuff that, yeah. that get that. I also learned too that um, the, the various cities and municipalities like to cram that down developers' throats, right? Because you've seen some really vibrant and really great mixed-use communities, usually a little bit more medium or highly densely populated sections of the city uh, where there's like a better walkable or mass transit component or where those really work, right? But sometimes they you're, you're doing a deal out in the suburbs and they're like, mixed use, mixed use. And you're like, Pfft. I heard a developer say what happens to a lot of those is the developer just lets that shell go on the commercial and then goes and begs and pleads to the city a couple of years later and says, I can't do anything with this. Let me go residential on it. Yeah. And then they change it. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. In the right community, mixed use could be killer. Like if you have a little yeah. dog grooming and you have the right, let's say there's 200 or 300 unit community that you're putting right. in, you're probably going to get a lot of tenants that are going to bring pets and you're going to get a lot of business there, whether it's hairdresser, preschool, you just got to have the right commercial space yeah. or retail below. So those businesses that are the, the anti-Amazons, mm-hmm. right? The nail salon, the, the stuff that you can't get on Amazon. You got to go somewhere, that neighborhood type store. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, mixed-use properties are back was number two. Um, number three, the suburbs and single-family rentals are still attractive. That's a duh. I don't think we need to go into that one. Number four, record inflation will most likely continue into 2023. Uh, yeah. Chairman Powell yesterday said he uh, he stressed that the Fed needs to be apolitical. It can't be influenced by politics and that he is probably going to have to make some unpopular decisions. That gave me the chills when he said that. Who knows where they're going to end up with this thing on rates. Mm-hmm. And that, um, no surprise, number five, mortgage interest rates may continue to rise. But I think if, uh, if they crater demand, which it, it feels like they have to a degree, Either the market's got to accept that this is the new normal of rates or they crater demand enough that the Fed rides into the rescue. Hmm. Number six, renters are now coming from multiple age groups. Interesting. Yeah. 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 We used to always make all these decisions. That's why I was asking Gavin, our podcast editor before the show, who remains politely quiet during all of our recordings, but he is here with us. He's not imaginary. Um, are you a millennial, Gavin? I asked him and he wasn't sure. <laughs> but, you know, so many of these decisions, what do millennials want? Well, there's a big generation behind them, Gen Z, the Xers, the baby boomers. It, it's it's a lot more diverse on the renters now. Yeah. And number seven, definitely renters are looking for diversified space. Homes with an extra room or flex space, units with outdoor space, and a mix of public and private spaces. Definitely. As more rental supply continues to hit the market, uh, you have to be different. Corey, who we use for a lot of our property management, told me a couple of weeks ago, um, and we're guilty of this, you can't make your gym just an afterthought. You can't say, oh, I've got, you know, what's our office in here, Chase? You think this is uh, 1,200 square feet or so? No, less. You think it's less? Yeah. Well, let's We're take... probably like seven or 800. So oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a, I was a bad guess. I'm thinking, yeah. But if we had... Okay, you could look out here, and, and you can't see on the camera, but there's room for a weight stack, a bench, um, a dumbbell stack, 
gotten a couple of treadmills comfortably in here, right? Mm -hmm. You build a clubhouse in your build for rent community. You got 800 extra square feet. Um, Corey is telling me gone are the days where you can just order some treadmills, put them in there, put a crappy mirror on the wall and advertise. We're, you know, we're super amenitized. We have an excellent gym. You've got to give them an experience where they're not going to go down the street to the big franchise gym. Yeah. It's either you go all in on the gym is what or don't saying, do it or you don't do it. Yeah. 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 A lot of machines, really nice. You know, your, your onsite leasing people are staffing it and taking in towels, right? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was interesting too on this number seven you read here, renters are looking for di diversified space. So right below that talks about homes with an extra room or flex space. Yep. I think that's yep. a given, right? Because what happened in, in 2020 with COVID and people looking to work from home more, mm -hmm. they're going to want to save on that expense with not having an office and being able to yeah. work from home, pay your rent from there. And so it's just a cost savings. So whether they're looking for like an, an extra room or it says adding an office in a dead space, like they're, they're talking about like a hallway or like a little corner of a room. So well, that's interesting because there, there has been a lot of news lately about people are getting called back to the office. Um, the work from home uh, movement is dead. It is definitely not, right? I, I think some people expected that, oh, commercial real estate office is going to get annihilated because of due to technology and AI and remote work or whatever, people can just work from home. There's a lot of truth to that, but it didn't get annihilated. People are getting called back to the office. There's a lot to be said for going to the office every day. It's why you and I come here, yeah. right? But if you look at um, February of 2020, right before the pandemic hit, and now, is work from home a much more permanent part of all of our lives? Definitely. And and you, if you can give that to tenants, then that's a, that's a big thing. I remember... <laughs> Excuse me. I promise no coughing today, but no, there, there went that. <laughs> Jinx yourself. Yeah. Um, I remember when the pandemic hit, I had to meet an appraiser at one of our fourplexes. And this was, you know, the work from home. Everything was locked down because we were all going to die. And I had to let this appraiser in. And there were four doors that we inspected. Two people weren't home. Don't know where they, maybe they were essential workers. Been a while since you heard that term. Mm -hmm. And then the other two had desks set up in the kitchen and one of them was like a telehealth nurse and another was, a, he was a tech guy of some kind. And it looked awful. I mean, that kitchen was stacked with furniture and people and they're in there on a headset trying to work. And they had that option to work from home. And I think a lot of people, even if they've been called back to the office, they still get to work from home sometimes. Companies have had to be more accepting of that, that culture. So in your rental, even if it's just a, a little cutout yeah, or, or, or yeah. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Or like that little landing. Sometimes they have a nice landing above the stairs on a two story. Yeah. Where you have room and sometimes it's smaller, but that little small space that you didn't know what to do with above the stairs there, put a little desk and a chair might be valuable for the tenant or the renter. Yeah. So when you're looking at different floor plans to build or when you're looking at different investments and they already have the floor plan. Yeah. Just look at those options. Yeah. And consider that bottom line is give them the ability to do some of that stuff that they used to have to leave to do work out, right. Mm -hmm. Go to the office, give them the ability to do some of that without leaving. Yeah. Cause that's what people are wanting more and more. Yeah. 
if you had that done really well, I wonder, you know, this whole conversation began about a softening rental market. Would you have softened? You know, did, did the really good inventory soften? Or was it just the stuff that was, you know, your typical rental product that there was mm-hmm. just too much of? Yeah. Maybe one day we'll know. On the, yeah, it depends on the location. It's probably pretty specific and depends on what your competition and what yeah. was going in in that yeah. area. Yeah. You think that's about enough of that? Yeah, I think that's, that's probably, what, we've been about 20, 30 minutes, 25. I think that's yeah. a good good episode. Of, I think that works. Yeah. Listen to us talk about if we think it was good or not. I think the listeners will judge, but... We think it was good, listeners. So yeah, and we'll pay attention to this, and we'll we'll start to get more specific on it. But we'll see what happens over the next three, six, nine months, and give you guys updates. Yeah, that whole pause of well, let's just get to the new year. Well, we're here now, so I think faster movement on a lot of these, wherever it's headed, is gonna is gonna happen. Yeah. You got the, so we'll call it an episode. Thanks everybody for listening. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to send us ideas, hate mail, suggestions, go to b2rshow.com and there's a contact us form there. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the Build to Rent podcast. You are now just a few clicks away from joining our community of Build to Rent investors. All you have to do is follow our show on Facebook, LinkedIn, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can also watch this episode and more by subscribing to the Build to Rent podcast on YouTube. The information presented in this podcast is general in nature. Nothing in this presentation should be construed as financial advice or recommendations for any particular situation. The hosts are only licensed to provide advice and services in the states where they are specifically licensed. And listeners should seek the advice from an appropriately licensed professional in the area where they invest. The examples presented in this presentation are for illustration only, and no guarantee that similar results can be achieved, since the facts, circumstances, and participants are all different.